Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Um, welcome to Revolution. Um, what was I going to say? Did I say good morning? You did. Yeah, I did. Okay. Got that part Did you say welcome to Revolution? Welcome to, yeah, oh, good, welcome good, to Revolution. Good, yeah, good. that's good. Um, good. Glad. Blessings upon you. He's risen indeed. Oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> that's how my dad used to point. I thought, oh, I thought you were doing that. Never point. He'd always do that. That's a Clinton thing, too. Oh, yeah, Clinton did that as well. I did not have sexual relations. Well, um, good morning again. And it's Sunday, and we are in Minnesota for a few more weeks. Um, live at Caleb's house uh, apartment. And we are getting ready for the big the big move. Um, let's see. I've... I've I've had a, a, a free weekend, kid-free weekend, and did nothing. Um, just trying to get ready. We're trying to get ready. Uh, Caleb's looking for a roommate, if you saw on the last post, in Seattle. And uh, so we're doing that. But today, um, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about a friend of mine. Um, I actually had another talk planned, but... A friend of mine, um, Philip Bray, who was a mentor to me, passed away uh, uh, Friday night. And so I want to just talk a little bit about Philip's life and celebrate my friend and mentor, because honestly, we would not be here. I would not be here this morning doing that, doing this, probably, if it wasn't for Philip. Um so we're going to go back in time. Um, so I guess I would be, well, I had started revolution when I was 18 or 19 years old in Arizona with a bunch of friends, uh, because we felt like the church needed there that there wasn't a place for like punk rock kids to go to church and hippie kids to go to church. And they just felt like all these kids were falling through the cracks. So we, started a church and did it for a year, but I felt like constant guilt <laughs> and like God was disapproving of me mm-hmm. and just, just like legalism as we were still part of a uh, assemblies of God church. And I just felt like I couldn't live up to the standards of being a pastor. So I quit and I moved back to Atlanta. Now I originally had lived in Atlanta um, because my father was transferred in when he was in prison um, by the federal prison system, he was transferred to Jessup, Georgia, and some family friends let me live with them in Atlanta, and then would take me to visit my dad on the weekends. Um, and it's kind of funny how fate, you know, just yeah. drags you around. <laughs> like, I ended up spending most a good part of my life meeting my first wife and everything in Georgia because a prison system decided to send my dad to Georgia, you know, and then wow. I became my home, you know, yeah. it just kind of like it is kind of strange how things just pull you to places mm-hmm. and lead you to places. And, uh, <clears throat> you just end up in places that you never thought you'd be because and your parents history here in Minnesota too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just kind of weird. Yeah. So, so I ended up back in Atlanta and I was working at the gap and decided I wanted to get sober after kind of discovering the message of grace. And so I was just getting sober, getting on my feet again. And the family I was living with the Polks, uh, from the Keith, uh, from a big church in, in, in Atlanta, they were moving 
And so it was time for me and their son, who was like one of my best friends, to move and move out. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. And I got an offer to become, you'll love this, to become a youth pastor at Assemblies of God megachurch, the Tabernacle, and to be a co, I mean, assistant youth pastor in uh, Buffalo, New York. And that was my plan. Like, okay, well, I've got this grace message. And I remember my dad had this Irish friend named Bob Gass, funny last name, um, who, who called me and he's like, oh, Jay, Jay, you can't go there. It sounds more Scottish. <laughs> For but having so many Irish friends, your accent's kind of off. <laughs> kind of off. I, I have to be really slow when I do like Pete's accent because Northern Ireland, they're a little bit, it's a little more southerny style. But, um, but he was like, you know, you're crazy. You know, you dye your hair funny colors. You do all this stuff. You're not going to last. He's like, you should go work That's for. That's so mean. He said you're not going to last. Yeah. He's like, That's you should go nice. work for Philip Bray. And actually, the first time I lived in Atlanta, I'd gone on like a. They, they had this thing called. Uh, what was it called? It was like the unholy tour. And it was basically a tour <laughs> of Atlanta, but where all the, you know, drugs and homelessness and crime and stuff. And they took you and drove you around and showed you all these areas. Um, but then it ended with you going to feed the homeless. And doing some stuff. So we did this tour. This was before I even did Revolution. And Philip Bray's church, Safe House, did this tour. And I remember, you know, working with the homeless and feeding folks and just talking with some people. And just this reality of of suffering, um, just seeing the reality of what people were going through. Um, I was, at this time, I was probably only 16 or 17. So probably 17. And, uh, and so Philip had always been in the back of my mind. Um, and so years later when I was kind of at this crossroads in my life, I, I said, okay, well, I'll go talk to Philip and see what he says. And, and I went and met with Philip and Philip was like, well, you know, we've got this, we've got this house where we, um, feed people in the morning and then we have a clothes closet where we, you know, help them pick out clothes for maybe job interviews and things like that. And we do breakfast there every morning and there's a line around the block and he's like, you know, so you could work there. And it was like, you had to be there at like five thirty in the morning. And that for me was like, that's really scary. And he's like, and we actually have a house that you can live in. And, uh, in a part of Atlanta that was literally the worst one of the worst neighborhoods in Atlanta. Um, I remember one time they found a body in a dumpster right down the street from my house. And um, so anyway, he goes, you can live here. So it was either like, go to, go become an assistant youth pastor and probably live in a nice apartment and work with for a mega church (laughs) or work with the homeless. And for some reason, I just... I kept thinking about it, thinking about it. And I remember calling my dad and I was like, I don't know what to do. And my dad's like, well, I think you should go to New York and and to Buffalo. But he's like, God will open a door and close a door. Mm. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And for some reason, Philip just, I, I I related to Philip Bray. He was just such a loving person. He really cared about people. And I was like a, you know, a lost punk rock guy who wasn't sure what the church had to offer anymore. And, uh, and he's like, listen, we'll pay. He's like, you can live in this house for free. Um, and, and so I just made the decision to do it. And so I moved into this house and 
My house ended up getting breaking into probably three or four times every other week. But remembering, like, I'd call the police and they wouldn't show up. Jeez, man. I ended up having to put a deadbolt on my bedroom door. On your bedroom? Yeah, because I put an alarm in the house and then a, be- a deadbolt. Because by the time they broke in and then got into by my room, it would be deadbolted. But then one time I came in and they kicked that door in. So That's so scary, bro. Yeah, it was a scary time. It was an interesting time. Um, but I did this work with Philip Bray, and he was just really great. Um, you know, I didn't know where my life was going, what I thought, but I just remembered trying to do all this work, and then I also was going to help book him a little bit for his speaking engagements, just make phone calls. I mean, I was just doing whatever I could to, to survive, and uh, I finally found a place and found some roommates, moved out of the the, the scary house, and um, also because there was like a gas leak and I was getting some sort of poisoning from it. Um, Jeez, yeah, it was a strange time. Um, this is when you were like 19 ish. I was 20, 20, was 20, 20. Yeah, I was 20 and uh, about to turn 21 going to AA meetings. And I just was very depressed. And I remember telling Philip, you know, like, man, I, I'm working with the homeless. I'm doing all this stuff. And, uh, and I feel kind of empty inside, you know, and I'm like, and I feel bad that I feel empty inside because I'm, you know, I'm feeding hungry oh, people. Man. You know, and I said, so I just, I feel this enormous amount of guilt. So here I am in the church again, feeling this enormous amount of guilt. And he's like, well, let's see what we can do. Mm. And the great thing about Philip was, is he was constantly like speaking at places, had to raise funds because he had a building downtown um, in the middle of Atlanta, you know, um, huge staff services almost every night doing feedings and, uh, you know, constantly just work, you know, help, you know, and they had, what was great about it is, is that they had programs to help people get jobs and, and helping people fill out stuff, getting people clothes, you know, it was just this really amazing thing. And I just didn't, you know, I wanted to fit in. I wanted it to be right. And I started to think once again, that there was something wrong wow. with me. And, um, and so I was like, Philip, I don't know if this is going to work out, you know, maybe I made the wrong decision. And so one day he, he, said, I want you to meet with this pastor friend of mine. Let's just go meet with him and talk to him. And I was like, okay, Phil. You know, I, I think at this point, most people probably would have just kicked me out because I wasn't showing up to meetings. I was depressed. I was sleeping all the time. I mean, it was one of these things where, you know. Was it called I, like dry alcoholic or something? Yeah, I was a dry drunk. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to meetings, but I was still just miserable. Right. And, and Philip Bray just kept believing in me and i just hadn't had that before i hadn't wow. had somebody believe in me so much and we had all these talks about theology and i was talking to him about grace and he just loved that message and he's like you know there's got to be something here and uh so he meant he took me to meet with this pastor and he's like you know i'm i'm, I'm worried about jay he's feeling all this stuff but i think there's something here and so his pastor friend was like yeah jay he's like you know you're not lazy He's like, you just lack purpose. What's your purpose? What makes you happy? And uh, I said, well, you know, I really loved doing revolution. I really loved working with people who are, you know, different and feeling like alienated from the church. You know, I would love to do that again, but with this message of grace, because I think it's really important to let people know that they're loved and they're not, they don't have to live in guilt. They don't have to live in legalism. And, uh, And the pastor was like, that's great you should do that. And I looked at Philip and, you know, 
we went back to his office and I was like, Phil, I don't know what to do. You know, do I start revolution again? Do I do something like revolution? And Phil said, well, if you want to do revolution, he goes, we've got a building. Pick a night you want. If you can't meet downstairs, we'll set up something upstairs. He's like, I'll give you an office. And, you know, you can meet weekly. You know, he's like, start passing out flyers, let people know what you do. And next thing I knew, like he was letting me use all their equipment to make these flyers. I'd called the guys in Phoenix and asked if I could do revolution again. And they said, of course. And Philip funded the whole thing for me to start this church, start revolution. And, you know, the reason it was amazing to me is because this wasn't part of his church's mission. You know, this wasn't something where I was reaching out to the homeless people. This is something where I was kind of reaching out to the punk rock community and the tattoo community, especially at that time. And he just believed in me when a lot of people didn't, Um, you know, he would even get in trouble a lot because they would have mission groups come and the mission groups would sometimes sneak into our service and they'd hear me talk. And then the youth pastor, oh, the wow. pastors were like, I don't know if we want to hear this, you know, like I wasn't always like his, you know, I wasn't always easy. You know, I still showed up to meetings late and, you know, he had jokes like, Oh, it's J time. We're all on J time. you know, <laughs> Stuff like that. And, you know, and, uh, and it's funny because he was like a Republican and I was a Democrat and we would argue about that stuff. But just all in the end, just Philip, it didn't matter to Philip. What mattered to Philip was, is that I was doing that. I was living life well, mm. that I was doing what I felt was ca- I was called to. And he was willing, you know, to put his money where his mouth was. And then I started to raise funds for revolution and stuff. But he just made it possible for us to be in Atlanta. He made it possible for me to do revolution because he really believed in me. Um, Because, you know, there was no place else for us to meet. We didn't have any funds. You know, next thing I knew, we were raising enough money where I could, I was able to hire an assistant. We had our own offices. Um, It was, it was a really neat time. And then we wanted to start doing shows because a lot of the concert venues were being shut down. Uh, because kids were fighting all the time. And uh, so all the hardcore shows were being <laughs> shut down. So we're like, well, let's start doing hardcore shows. So I had to go sit down with Philip again. I'm like, hey, Phil, listen. <laughs> That's pretty bad. How would you feel if like Friday night or Saturday night after service, we took all the chairs out and did shows, you know? And Phil's like, ah, oh, man, that sounds great. You know? And it was just like, what? You know? And it was just always like, and, and at the time, I wasn't like, oh, wow, that's amazing. I was like, of course, yeah, this is the right thing to do. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that I just had this, this human being who was investing so much into my life and so much into the people who are part of Revolution's life, you know, just making it happen. And every band got paid whether we made the money or not. You know, he, he would just, you know, write the check. Wow. You know, helped us get food, hooked us up with people. So we fed the bands and we had a green room. And so we would have, you know, like Christian bands playing with non-Christian bands. And he didn't, that didn't bother him at all. Matter of fact, we got such a good reputation for the, like the green room that we had. Everybody's like, you guys are so awesome. Like somebody else who worked at another club came and was like, we're going to kind of model our green room after your guys's. And it was, you know, the point was, is like, 
it was it's 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 rare to have someone believe in you like that. And so I might now just want to celebrate Philip's life. Like, you know, Phil Bray and safe house invested, not just in the homeless people's lives and, and, and the people of it, of Atlanta's lives, but invested in my lives and other people's ministries lives. And, um, I got to know my friend Brent who spoke with revolution. You've seen us do talks and we've done a few, uh, yeah. podcasts together. Brent was actually volunteering for safe house to, you know, help with the mission teams that came in. Oh, cool. And then Brent became my first employee, you know, and now Brent works with bands and travels with them all over the country. Now that's like his job. Like, you know, like so many of our lives were changed. My, um, my wife at the time ended up being Phillip's assistant. He gave her a job, you know, he, he, my friend Kelly, who was one of the founders of Revolution, who lives in California, he said, if you want her here, we'll hire her. You know, hired her. I mean, paid her a little bit of money, gave us job. I mean, just like, just went beyond the call of, of duty. And they'd have like, it's funny because because he was kind of conservative, they would have like these, these uh, politicians sometimes come through, you know, and there'd be like conservative politicians and then they'd be like, Oh, and this was the revolution office, you know, and we had like Iggy pop and the misfits and all this stuff. It was like, you know, you're on like this nice little shelter. And then all of a sudden you're like, welcome to hell, you know, it was like the hardcore room and, you know, but they did it, you know, and I would argue with, Oh man, I would argue with, with Phil about things I wanted to do and, and stuff like this. And, and I cause him a lot of grief. And the funny <laughs> thing is, is now that I look back, like over my years of ministry, I remember when I left, um, you know, there were so many times where I thought like, Oh man, F- Philip, ugh, he gave me so much patience. Like, because I didn't realize what it was like to have a staff, you know, I didn't realize what it was like to have to raise money to keep people jobs going you know i didn't know what it was like to to deal with angry staff members you know and and uh and so there was i eventually went back one time and and met with philip and was like listen you know i just want to apologize <laughs> i'm like you know you were so patient with me man i i can't tell you how amazing that was mm-hmm. um you know he adopted a, a lots of kids um he had great kids um family man you know loved to ride his motorcycle but he was also a mess the guy was a mess too you know he was just constantly just a workaholic and he was a mess and he was messy but that messiness allowed him to do work that nobody else wanted to do and believe in people that nobody else wanted to believe in and i really have to say that that the love that philip bray showed for me the the willingness for him to fight for me when people would would give him a hard time and stand with me during some really really strange times was just uh i could you know i could never repay it mm-hmm. you know it was it was uh it was pretty great you know we had some of the greatest times there we had some many amazing shows we we would like pack the the venue so full of people that I remember one show we had the there was you could see the sweat the what the the, the constant condensate what is it condensation condensation coming down the walls and the paint was starting to bubble 
Because <laughs> we had so many people in there. And we'd have these concerts and people would break the ceiling because the ceiling was really low. You know, bands would like jump up with their guitars. <laughs> and um, Causing chaos. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Um, and I'm, I'm just grateful for the time that I had at Safe House. Um, Philip Bray is also the only person to ever let me go. And we came to a, a, a point where it was just we were button heads and not seeing eye to eye and he had to let me go. And, um, it was really tough. It was, I, I remember when it happened, but later he told me, he's like the same guy, Bob gas, who told me to go there, <laughs> who was on his board told him, he's like, listen, you know, it's time for Jay to go out on his own, you know, and, and, and try revolution on his own to see if he can really do it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and Philip was like, that was my to- tear. You know, it was the tough wow. thing is that I knew that you needed to go out and have your own church, you know. Um, mm. And I, you need to go out there and, 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 and do your own thing. And, and unfortunately in the church, we often fight that. And so we always have to, you know, we had to, it had to be an awkward situation. Um, but he did it. And I remember having to let my first staff member go, you know, and it was just like, mm. I'm thinking back on Philip and I was just like, Oh man, this is so much harder. Like I, I just, so many times I, I just was like, I've, I've thought about Philip Bray in my work and how much patience he had with me <laughs> and how much I could learn from that guy. And he was just this, he's just like this fun, easy guy to get along with completely you know we my politics i would push him on politics and he would just kind of laugh about it and never gave me a hard time about it never judged me about it you know he'd be just kind of you know okay jay i hear what you're saying you know um and there was just something so graceful about him that allowed me to be who i was um you know i wrote my first book when i was working there Rolling Stone magazine covered our services there, did a big four page article about us while we were there. You know, I mean, it was just a really neat, neat time. And, uh, and I'll just be eternally grateful for him and him letting me go made the chance for us to move out and move into start meeting in bars and clubs. And, uh, it was really neat because there was one place on their on their unholy land tour that was this bar this this concert venue that they would always talk about being like you know oh it's all sorts of crazy stuff goes on there you know and it was funny because we ended up having church at that ball at that, wow. at, that, that at the masquerade at this club and um he always he told me later he's like yeah it was pretty cool because then we take those tours and be like yeah one of our guys is now meeting in there you know who started here and you know this used to be a place we were concerned about and now they've opened up the doors to him and you know it was just it was a cool experience and i and i can't even begin to think of the hundreds if not thousands of people whose lives have been put back together because of someone like philip bray you know it's just when the rubber hits the road it's not about for a lot of people, it's not about politics. It's not about, you know, it wasn't about what your theology was, you know. It was just about him loving people, that his love, mm. once again, I had this example in my life of love that trumped 
those things. Love that trumped the fact that I could be an argumentative, angry young man. Love that trumped that my staff could be that way. Like my staff was a handful as well. You know, we were always doing something crazy or weird. Um, you know, I was never in the office. I was always in little five points hanging out, you know, and, and just, you know, had health insurance because of them, you know, for the first time in my life. Um, but, but Philip was, you know, just so patient, always take me out to eat. He always buy me dinner or lunch and just, how's it going, man? What's going on? You know, let's talk about it. You know, if it was a tough thing or not, even like when I was sick, um, I remember I thought I had testicular cancer. Oh no. Yeah. This was really scary. And he took me to the proctologist. Wow. Yeah. You know, for the first time, you know, cause he was like a dad too, you know, he was yeah. like a, a father to me and I was like scared and I was like, I don't know what to do. And it was just an infection. Don't worry. Everybody was okay. <laughs> but I remember him giving me, sent, giving me a card like a few days later with all these doctors with their fingers up like this, you know, because proctologists, <laughs> um, but <laughs> You know, I mean, and then, you know, go to Philip's house for Christmas. I remember going to Philip's house for Christmas and he had the Santa kneeling at the cross in front of his house. You know, I mean, he was a, he was just a Christian guy. He was just, you know, but a guy who just loved people and was willing to take chances and was to do things that were different. And I, I just feel like sometimes we miss that. We miss the complexity of humanity. We miss the 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 fact that we we all are contradictions in ways, you know, and some people go like, you know, oh, Jay, why do you get mad at some of the, these people who are, you know, condemning conservatives? You should be, too, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, because I know a few that would have just given me anything and gave me everything, despite the fact that I didn't agree with them on these issues either. You know, but I also know that Philip did more for the, for the poor community and for the homeless community than anybody was doing in all have in that in that state and, and, and maybe, you know. Big, one of the huge presence in this country for reaching people like that. And he just moved beyond politics. You know, one day he'd be dealing, you know, talking on like some conservative radio show about what he was doing. You know, the next thing you know, he'd be doing some liberal radio show. He'd be talking at a crazy conservative church that would never have me, you know what I mean? And then he would help me put together, you know, got me to be a part of the, this huge church, put on this huge festival this huge uh, church of God put up this huge music festival. And he's like, you know who you need to do your underground stage, Jay Baker. And so this huge church hires me, super conservative church hires me to do their event because, because of Philip Bray, you know, because Philip was like that. And you know what? And I met, got to meet with all the bands, hang out with them. I mean, it was just, you know, and book all these bands that I wanted to book and, talk to this huge church about like the realities of dealing with people and not making them sign morality contracts and all this crazy stuff, you know, um, and just continue my work of, 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 of operating with people outside of my comfort zone. And, uh, so yeah, that's why I sometimes go like, you know, it's not as simple as we want to make it out to be, Mm. you know? It's really easy to say that these don't these people don't care. There's one particular guy who I, I see write a lot of stuff about angry stuff about conservatives. And he does very broad strokes, you know. And uh and I think about people like Philip Bray, you know, who believed in me and who believed that people on the streets deserved a second chance, that, you know, 
a third chance, a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. You know, um, it, it, you know, people are 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 complex, and we lose something when we when we when we start this us and them thing. When we become so dualistic, it's just we simplify the way we treat others and we simplify our relationships with people and we put up these legalistic rules and regulations and uh, it really robs us from making change and from being changed as human beings. Mm. It's just not that simple. I wish it was as simple as, as social media makes it out to be. You know, I wish I could just say, okay, well, I can write all these people off. You know, oh, yeah, these people really don't give a damn. You're right. They don't care. They're all racists. They're all this. You know, they're Nazis. So, yeah, let's just write them all off. And then you meet somebody like Philip Bray, you know, um, and you're just like, wow, this is, <laughs> is this the exception to the rule? I mean, I think this guy, I think Philip did more for people in, 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 horrific situations then uh and he was one of the folks who supported me when i came out as affirming he was very excited when i came out saying i support the lgbtq community and i think it caused him to start supporting the lgbtq community as well and it did And, and we both you know it was one of those things where he embraced me when a lot of people were writing me off you know um so i just you know I just want to say, like, without people like Philip Bray, without people like my mom, without people like my dad, without other certain people in my life that might not fit into the mold of, uh, of what, we think, what we think someone has to be in order to be a real ally or to be a real, a real part of our team, sometimes it just those rules don't work. Sometimes there, there's always exceptions you know, and that's why I sit here. This is why I continue to continually talk about, you know, we should have tough conversations. We should argue well because, because there's people out there who are just great people who just think differently. And, um, and I've seen it and I'm like, you know what? You could argue with Phil all day, but you couldn't argue with his work. You couldn't argue with the chances that he was willing to take on other people. Um, you know, his inclusion, you know, in his life, you couldn't argue with that. You couldn't argue with the people that he's got helped to get their lives back together. And even those who died who never got their lives together, but their lives were a little bit better because he took the time, you know, to make sure they were being loved. If it wasn't him, it was someone in his staff and someone in his crew. Like they even did after school programs, you know, like they had programs where they could, you know, so, so they could help take care of kids who couldn't go home and they could learn and study and get tutoring and, and, and things like that. I mean, they just did. Philip did so much for people and I'm one of those people and he's passed and he's gone on. Um, I think he was only in his early sixties and it's just, it's, it's a, it's a huge loss. I'm really, I'm glad he, his son, Josh is, is running, running safe house. Now I really love Josh. Josh was a good guy 
And uh, sometimes during the end, Josh was his son. Josh was the mediator between me and his dad when we were bumping, bumping heads. Um, you know, but the fact is, is our disagreements never changed the fact that we knew we loved each other, and that I always knew I had a place to go. And uh, I just can't say enough kind things about Philip Bray. Um, I'm sure there's people who can say a lot of bad things about Philip Ray, just like a lot of people could say bad things about me. You know, I, I get it. We're not, we're humans. We're fallible. We make mistakes. You know, I mean, Philip went through divorces like I did, you know, um, but he was a great man, good guy. And I'm grateful that he invested in my life because honestly, that's why we're here today. Um, had Philip probably not opened that door. I don't, no, I don't think I'd probably be doing revolution. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd be doing. Wow. I don't think I probably would have lasted in the Assemblies of God Church very long, <laughs> to be honest with you. I think, I, th- so. I think uh, Bob Gass was correct about that. Um, but he allowed me to, to live my purpose, even though it wasn't part of his mission statement. Mm. He said, all right, well, now we've got this weird punk rock, hardcore, weird church. And I mean, he would just bring people in I bring in all these crazy people and he would just let me work with them you know he would um, he would uh, (laughs) I remember one of our people one of my staff members got in a you know in a drunk driving accident and we went out to them and that and Philip's like what are you going to do and I'm like well Philip I think everybody else would probably let them go and I'm like but I feel like if we let them go it's going to hurt them more and Philip's like, that's a good choice. You should, you should, you're right. Hold on to him, you know. And uh, taught me a lot. So I just, you know, I could have preached a sermon today and just mentioned a little bit about Philip, but um, I just want to celebrate his life. His name is Philip Bray. I put a post on Twitter about him, and um, linked safe houses on there as well. And you can you can check that out. Um, if you want to say a kind word on Twitter or on, or on the Safe House Facebook, they announced it uh, yesterday that he had passed away. Someone on Instagram actually told me earlier that he'd passed away. Um, but, you know, thank you, Philip. Thank you, Philip Bray. Thank you, Safe House, um, for believing in me when I felt like nobody else did and for giving me the opportunity to serve and to do what I felt called to do and not belittling that because it would have been very easy for philip to say oh no jay our purpose is is working with the homeless and that's what you're going to do you know um and that would have made sense to me but instead he goes jay i think you have a passion to work with these folks in this community and do that and i want to give you the ability to do that matter of fact i'm not only going to just give you the ability to do that i'm going to pay you to do that and i'm going to put my money where my mouth is and i'm sure we cost safe house a lot more money than we made for them and uh, there's not a lot of churches that would do that, not a lot of people who would do that. And I'm sure there were, I know there were a lot of p- people who told Philip, let him go, get rid of him. And uh, Philip didn't do it until he felt like I was able to, to survive on my own and to start my own ministry. And I think one of the other things I got from Philip is his consistency. He was continuously consistent with his work 
and he just kept pushing no matter how high the mountain or how low the mountain or what he was going through. He just kept doing it. Even when people will say you need to retire or when he went through a divorce, you need to step down. He just kept doing the work. And uh, I have to say that has been a huge influence on me. And that's probably why I've been doing revolution for 20 some odd years now is because I saw I didn't, you know, I saw an example of what it is to be passionate about something and, 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 and not give up. And I saw that lived out in Phil and, uh, now I'm doing it. And, uh, Philip Bray played a huge part of that in my life. So Philip, you are greatly missed my friend. I love you very much. And, uh, you know, if there is a heaven, I know you're in it, man. And I hope you got to hug my mama's neck. Um, so if you guys, if your prayers, pray for the, for, for, for the Bray family and the folks at Safe House. And um, check them out. Maybe even send them a note. And uh, let them know. Maybe if Revolution's meant something to you, let them know, hey, we know that Revolution, you know, got a second life because of you guys. Just want to say thanks. Um, anyway, so that's, that's today's talk is just remembering Philip Bray, um, a really cool human being. And, uh, I think I've had people say that I'm a haphazardly human and I would say that Philip was haphazardly human. So pretty good company to be in. So thanks. Um, I guess we'll do some talk, some, some afterglow. I don't know if that's appropriate. No, I don't know if it's appropriate. I think that's really, really good. So thank you guys. Um, listen, we're doing, here we are again in another shift with revolution. Very appropriate. Very apropos talk you gave there. Thanks man. Yeah. That was very moving Jay. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being so vulnerable. We're shifting again, once again, and moving to, uh, Seattle here in the next few weeks. And, um, we can't do it without you guys. So if you want to help support us, you can go to revolution donations and help us with that. Um, you know, Caleb's coming with me and Caleb has never received a paycheck from revolution. So we want to pay for his move and get him out there. And, uh, looking we, for couches kind of, he's thing. looking for couches. <laughs> I'm hoping we're going to find him an apartment with a, with a roommate. Sooner and, than later. Uh, would be so, nice, yeah. Sooner yeah, than later I'm would be at, very nice. Uh, yeah, so at. you can let us know here on, on Facebook or Twitter, but, you know we continue we continue to move forward and do this work and and don't stop so here we are another 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 new new adventure another era yeah another era and i and i think in the spirit of philip this is kind of cool you know it's like just continuing to move on to the next the next the next place uh but continuing our work and uh and i'm excited about that so love you guys thanks for listening and um see you next week We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Dried up
Post Christian podcast.